Uh, sweet vermouth rocks with a twist, please. That's my favorite drink. Mine, too. It always makes me think of Rome, the way the sun hits the buildings in the afternoon. Well, what should we drink to? To the groundhog. I always drink to world peace. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Uh, some movies are on a must-see list. Swingers is one of those movies that is on a must-see list. When Harry Met Sally is on that list, and so is Groundhog Day. Your thoughts? Two out of three is not bad. Wow. When Harry Met Sally. By the way, of the yes, that is an instructional video on dating. Well, I don't even remember it. It's only Meg Ryan, America's Sweetheart. Oh, she has the orgasm in the restaurant? Yes. Yeah, okay. Finest moment. Back to Wiggins. (laughs) Thank you. Let's talk a little Warriors basketball, and we'll do so with Andy Liu. He's the host of the Light Years podcast, which it's my understanding Joe Lacob doesn't like that nickname, but and I give him credit for saying, hey, don't do that anymore. But I like it, and I don't use it as a pejorative. I use it as he's earned it. They are light years ahead of everybody. They shouldn't have won this year, and they did. Andy Lou, happy Father's Day. Welcome into 95.7 The Game. I hope you're having a good day. I'm having a great day, man. Thanks for having me on. You know, you know, Joe Lacob should uh, bring that back uh, because, like you said, he decided to go, we're going to win now, and we're going to win later, and we're going to develop all the young guys now. And, uh, you know, the, the result speaks for itself. Uh, these guys are NBA champions. I, I think he's got to bring that nickname back. I agree with you. And I think he should wear a light years jersey with the number one on the back at the parade tomorrow. And I would not mock him at all for it. And 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 I'll I'll say this, Andy. Don't you think Joe Lacob deserves the victory lap? Does, shouldn't doesn't shouldn't he go, go around and say I told you so to everybody? Oh, I mean, here's the thing. Even I was questioned. I mean, I think a lot of fans were, but I, I was openly questioning, wondering like, hmm, like what? Now the question isn't about whether Joe Lacob wants to spend money because he wants to spend money. It's about whether do you want to keep these young guys around when there's a, a short amount of time left with, with Steph and Draymond and Clay. And he stuck to his plan, right, with whatever that plan is, and, it, and it's worked since. So I think we're going to hear a lot from Joe Lake of this offseason. <laughs> he already started before the NBA Finals a little bit when he talked about the plan working. So uh, it's going to be a great couple months here for, the, uh, for all Warriors fans. Hey, Andy, does that core now include Andrew Wiggins? Uh, without a doubt, I think Andrew Wiggins, you could argue, pretty clearly was the second most consistent player throughout the entire postseason. Now, could you say that he maybe had some games that were, didn't have the ceiling that maybe Clay had some great games? You know, Draymond has some great games, even Jordan Plus some great games, but consistent, game in and game out, defensively, against John Moran, against, against Luka Doncic, against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. He was the guy that was there every single game, no matter what. Uh, I didn't know before this postseason. I didn't know what the Warriors were going to do with Andrew Wiggins when his contract came up. Right now, I think it's without a doubt that he, they are going to re-sign him. Uh, he's going to be a Warrior for a very long time. It, it was one of the one of the greatest runs that I've seen for, for a Warriors wing player in a while now. It was it was better than the one that Harrison Barnes had, right? So it was obviously not KD, but it was amazing stuff to witness. Andy Liu hosts the Light Years podcast, joining us here on 95.7 The Game. I know that you're big on Wiggins and re-signing the guy, but there is a luxury tax in this situation. And I know that Joe Lacob and Peter Goober have been fine with writing the checks, but he's making $33 million next year. He's going to want more than $33 million a year, isn't he? And, we're, and you just can't keep doing that. Sooner or later, 
there is a number that has to be an end game, isn't there? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I, I did read that the Warriors, in terms of revenue coming in the season, has made just well over $700 million. It's just a ridiculous amount of money. Obviously, it makes sense considering the run that they've made, considering that they own Chase Center, right? Uh, they built it with, the, with their own money. So it's, they have a lot of money. They're willing to spend a lot of money. They've done so even when they've lost, right? Even when they've lost, they've been willing to spend money. Now, to me, when they won, uh, it, it feels like they are going to resign him. The question is, though, are they going to resign both him and Jordan Poole? I, I think my gut now tells me yes, because that's, that now that they've won a title with those guys, but before this postseason, I actually did, I didn't know the answer to that question. I thought maybe they'd pick one, but the amount of money that they're making – the Lakers' history, willingness to spend money, I just feel like if you're going to want to keep winning moving forward, which is the real question here, do you want to keep winning moving forward? Because if you do, you do have to re-sign someone like Andrew Wiggins, and you do have to re-sign someone like Jordan Poole in order to keep winning. It's not like it's not like an Otto Porter question who I think Otto loves the Warriors, the Warriors love Otto, but if Otto gets a big contract out there, he's going to be gone, right? They, they're probably not going to pay him as much as he wants to if he gets a big contract. But for someone like Andrew Wiggins, you just can't let someone like that walk away if you want to keep winning titles in the future. Hey, Andy, now that we – speaking of Wiggins, to revisit the Kevin Durant sign and trade, would you – and I'm appointing you GM or whatever, coach, owner of the team, would you do that all over again knowing what you know now about Andrew Wiggins and or Jonathan Kaminga? If I were KD. <laughs> Are you, are you saying if I were KD, would I do that? No, I'm saying if you were the okay. Golden State Warriors. Of course you do. Got it. You got it. I was going to say, yeah, I, absolutely. I, and here's the thing. I think the Warriors would have done that regardless. And I feel like this whole – the couple couple questions we talked about has been about Joe Lacob. That's another thing about Joe Lacob, right? If Joe Lacob didn't want to spend, if he said, well, you know, KD's gone. We don't want to spend money on paying the tax for that, for that max contract slot. Because remember, they had to sign D'Lo to a max contract extension the moment that they traded for him. So they were paying a guy who, you know, frankly wasn't very good, and it was a pretty bad fit with the team, a ton of money uh, to be on that roster. And, it, and Joe Lacob was the one that said, okay, I'll sign off on that just so we can use that roster spot to get someone else like an Andrew Wiggins. So even if it didn't work out, let's say they lose in the, the Western Conference Finals this, this postseason, I think they still would have done that trade anyway because obviously let's not forget not, not only did they get Andrew Wiggins, but they got the guy, Jonathan Domingo, who, you know, I think – might be a pretty darn good player in a year or two. So, um, yeah, all in all, just a win-win-win trade for uh, for the Warriors. All right, Andy Lou joining us. I'm going to press you on Wiggins because we got a text here on the Xfinity Mobile text line from the 925. Isn't there a huge danger of paying Andrew Wiggins after a championship? What about his hunger? What if he turns into Timberwolf Wiggins? Why are you so convinced, or what makes you so convinced that Wiggins has unlocked the potential versus this being the one year where he threw it together because he knew it was kind of a contract year. Yeah. And here's the thing. I was not convinced on Andrew Wiggins coming into the season. I wanted the Warriors to trade Andrew Wiggins and fix for Pascal Siakam, Bradley Beal, you know, like another star, another guy that's maybe a little bit more proven in the league. I said, if we can get, if the Warriors can get someone like that, they'd have a better chance to win the championship. So I didn't really believe in the guy, but I think he's in a situation that's perfect for him. I think let's look at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, for example. Um, I, I think those guys are probably better than Andrew Wiggins, but if you put them in a situation where they have to be the main people on a championship team, you saw the way that Tatum and Brown struggled dribbling the basketball, right? Because those guys aren't number one options offensively. 
And I think for Andrew Wiggins, the same thing remains for him. If you put him on a team that he has to be the first option or second option, it's not going to be pretty. He's going to be like the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, Andrew Wiggins. But if you put him, if you keep him on this Warriors team where he's the fourth option, really he's, he's got to make corner threes. And if he's got an open lane to a cup, he goes to the rack, right? And other than that, he plays great defense. But they don't ask for him to run pick a roll. They don't ask for him to do what Steph does out there. And I think that's what keeps you confident about someone like him, where the Warriors organization and coaching staff have put him in the best position possible on both sides uh, in order to succeed. Well, Andy, certainly it's more challenging when you talk about signing Wiggins and or Jordan Poole or both of those gentlemen. But is it safe to say it's a foregone conclusion that Kevon Looney and GP2 are coming back next year? I don't know. It's a great question. Uh, it's a great, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion. I think both guys would love to come back. I think there's a sneaky little um, – I just, I just don't know how much Kevon Looney's worth to other teams in the NBA. Uh, he's another guy that I think is amazing. He had a great basketball – he had a great run this season, played every single game. Uh, great defensive player, especially in the postseason. We've watched guys like DeAndre Ayton – unable to guard, and we see Kevon Looney out here switching against Luka Doncic. It's incredible to watch. But I think that's a postseason-specific thing. I think if you're, you're a basketball team that wants to win regular season games, which is what most basketball teams have to think about, right, because not postseason teams automatically like the Warriors are, I don't know how much it is worth to them, right, Kevon Looney's value. So maybe if they, if they offer him five-plus million, I think the Warriors resign him. Same with GP2. I think the Warriors aren't going to get him back for a vet men. They'd have to go maybe into the mid-level to get him. Again, that's up to Joe Lacob. Are you willing to pay the tax? So if I had to guess, I think those two are back. I don't think that uh, the two vet men signings, I don't think that uh, Bielitsa and Otto Porter are back. But here's the thing with winning a championship. You're about to get a lot of ring chasers that are coming to the Warriors. It's, the Warriors aren't going to recruit anymore. Because last year, the Warriors were trying to get the Patty Mills of the world, and they couldn't. But I think coming up this year, they're not going to have to recruit anyone. People are going to want to come to play for the Warriors. And so then let's finish with this. Players are going to want to come here, but what teams are coming after the Golden State Warriors? Which teams in the West do you look at and say they're going to be a team to watch? They're going to be a team that could challenge the Golden State Warriors? Uh, two teams that were injured this season, um, the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is going to be back with Paul George. I, look, Kawhi's been hurt on and off really the last few seasons, so who knows. But if you can put that team together healthy, they are a problem. They have – five, six, seven wings that are incredible. And that's a team that can guard, uh, that can pre- present some value, uh, some some challenges, I think, maybe similar to what Boston did. Uh, Memphis is going to be tough. Uh, and then I think Denver. Uh, if you put Michael Porter Jr. healthy again and Jamal Murray back healthy with those guys, with with Jokic, the reigning MVP, I think that's an issue. But really, those, those teams, I think those three teams come with a lot of question marks. If I still had to pick a team today, it would definitely be the Warriors compared to those guys. But those guys, I think, would be a problem. The West is just so much better than the East, is what it is. Um, so I think those three teams are, are going to be tough next season. Hey, Andy, what's your drink of choice if you were to have a cocktail tomorrow and celebrate? Oh, man, I'm a, I'm a shots guy. But, uh, wow, <laughs> oh, boy, wow. what are we shooting? What, That's a little hitting tequila? It, what are we doing? <laughs> tequila, I go, I go, uh, I go Casadores. I go any Reposado. Nice. Uh, I'm good with Dang. any Reposado. Big Top shelf guy, so Jameson. Yeah, but uh, but I've been doing. I've so been you don't need to shoot Posado. You know that, right? And you can you can milk that. Can you get him another beer? I know. I'm not a classy guy. I shoot everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You just got a new listener to your podcast. After that, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Well, how about a little Jaeger? How about a little Jaeger? You slide oh, in a little Jaeger? No, come on. Oh, I haven't done a Jaeger bomb in a couple of years, but you know what? I might do one. I might, See? I might take one out tonight.
That's what I'm talking about. That's what a title does. It does. And you know what? You've earned it. You've covered a champion. You're a champion. Andy Lou, thanks for joining us here on Devon and Coach. You're welcome anytime, brother. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it, man. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. We appreciate that. Come on, man. I like a good ice cold. No, you do not. Sure. Oh, that medicinal taste. That's one of those when I got sick when I was a young man, and I can never go back to it because that taste is indelible in my body. Tequila was my... uh, Oh, so, yeah. Took me a long time to get over that. I've revisited tequila now where I don't have to shoot it. I'm like, wow, all right, I can savor and sort of like, you know, scotch. can appreciate it. That's what I'm told is that, you know, when we're brought into the world of drinking, tequila is used to make margaritas. But for real drinkers, and I don't mean you know, ones off the shelf, like crazy people. I mean, people who appreciate good alcohol, good liquor. Tequila is a sipper's drink. Tequila is a, you should enjoy it taking its time. You're not supposed to shoot that stuff. No, it's the a, good stuff. It is. Yeah, well, that's just it. You got to spend a little money there. Well, you got it. I don't got the Vone money, but you got money. You could do it. Well, I'm willing to spend it on olive oil. I'll go two, $300 on a good bottle of olive oil. You're kidding me. Yeah. Because I like olive oil, but I won't do that. And I'll spend it on tequila. A good bottle of tequila Okay, is worth it to me. Will you do it on the uh, Japanese whiskey? We got a nice suggestion here. Uh, the best Japanese whiskey is Hobiki Harmony, $65 at Costco. Oh, uh, I would go maybe uh, uh, Haku Satuni, I believe. Okay. okay. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a sake. Okay, all right. You, I mean, you, you're spending upwards to you know, two two bones maybe on that. A dase, you can't afford that. You're not only top shelf. You're having to get on a step stool to get to the top <laughs> shelf. That's how high up your top <laughs> there's shelf. There's a is. place actually. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a place uh, off of Laguna Street, I believe, that does sake. It's a good sake shop, which you one like, of the few in San Francisco. You like hot or cold sake? Come on, hot man. Where you? You really are from the burbs. You don't drink hot sake. Unless you're shooting it. Unless you're 18 years old and a college freshman away from home for the first time and you're doing sake bombs out of a Sapporo beer. It's cold. It's chilled. Just like the wine you're going to enjoy tonight. All righty. Uh, from the 650, uh, this person loves the Jammy Zins and wants to know, oh, of the Pezzy Kings, which one is my favorite? It's not so much the favorite. I think you, you try what you like. And I always say, try the most basic form of what they have. And if you like that, you know the good stuff is going to be even better. Tonight, I'm going to have a Jester. Jester's Infidel from Pezzy King. I've had the Kitchen Hill. I've liked that as well. But I'm going to have the Jester, which is their basic bottle of of a re- nice red jammy Zen. I'm going to enjoy that tonight with my filet mignon. So is this a... I, will, I might even smoke the filet mignon after I cook it. Really? Yeah. Mom, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the big green So you egg. got a big smoker as well. I've got a... Well, there, it's a, an individual... I could smoke it with the regular um grilling but my daughters don't like to have the smoked meats so for them. we will do the basic grilling we let them sit but in that five minute sitting period before you serve it i might smoke mine individually i'm not a big fan of smoking and i know some yeah. people are i hear you some i'm, not, I'm I sort like, of like your daughters yeah I'm, there's I'm, a drying out process to it that i do not appreciate if you don't do it properly you end up with jerky yeah and you got to do it properly People will try and smoke my fish. Now, I'm a big fish guy. I'm a big raw guy. Maybe that's where it starts. Like, I'll do sashimi, and I like, I like food as raw as possible. Right. As long as I can I ingest it and not get sick. 
So when you smoke a salmon, it goes against every principle in terms of getting it fresh out of the ocean and eating that thing while it still has that fresh ocean feel to it. Right. Natural. And maybe you doctor it a little bit with salt and pepper. Don't give me, you know, sauces or rubs. No. The fish has to speak, much like that of the piece of meat, has to speak for itself. So when you start getting cute with chimichurris and sauces, right, and you got to smoke the thing. Right. Like, why am I going to dry the hell out of this thing if it's a good piece of meat? But you oh worked God. in Seattle, Pacific Northwest. Smoked salmon is an important I understand it. Not for there. me. Right? I mean, but that's not what you have. I was recently at an Asian food restaurant, and I was getting sushi. Three of the four people were. One of them cannot eat raw fish, so we had one um, roll that had a baked salmon on top of it. A baked salmon? What was it called, you know? I forget the name of the roll. Why can't they eat raw fish? Is this something? Must be personal. Okay. I don't delve into people's. I don't really care much I would about say you got to go wait in the car. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that person was driving, so it would have been a... Uh, right. well, no, no, no. Was, and you know what, though? I will say this. I had one of the slices of that roll, that sushi roll. It was like no other sushi roll I've ever tasted. Good. It was fine. Yeah. But it was because you're always used to oh, raw yeah. fish. Well, yeah, you're not. it's not this sushi. This was cooked. Yeah. yeah. You're no longer eating sushi. You haven't cooked salmon. True. So it's not the same experience. Find out from Derek in South City what's going on with him. Hey, Derek, welcome in. 95.7 The Game. Devon and Coase here on a Sunday uh, Derek, uh, my guess is you want to talk Golden State Warriors, right? Hey, guys. Happy Father's Day. Thank yeah, you. I do. What's up, my friend? So, uh, how would you, you, you guys mentioned the, the most satisfying championship, and I think that was definitely the recent one, uh, just because of all the turmoil and what they came back from. I think the first one was the most exciting, um, but the last one was the most satisfying. Yeah. And I, I had a question for you guys. Yeah. So, my wife's expecting... And so I'm trying to figure out, is today a holiday for me? Yes. Or do I have to wait again until next year? No. Or what's, what's the deal on that one? You know what? And I would turn it around on Mother's Day if she was expecting. It should have been Mother's Day. It should have been. When my wife was expecting our first, the Mother's Day she was preggers, I made sure to get her a gift. That's because, well, I'm a little bit better than most guys. But that's what I did. And so today is your day, Derek. So tell her, it's time to treat you like a man. <laughs> She's eight months pregnant, <laughs> but she's going to take care of you today. <laughs> not that far along. Not that far. All right. Yes, Thanks, but you. Appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Way to go, D, and enjoy your Father's Day, my that friend. That poor woman is going to be washing his rig tonight. Yep. She's eight months pregnant, can barely move, and she's got to go outside with a suds and bucket of water yep. and yep. soap and wash his rig because of you. I would have done the same thing for my bride for the first one when, as we waited. Drinking. Side by side. That's just not right. I won't be day drinking, but we will be in a scenario where uh, there will be beverages consumed tonight as I'm making what dinner. Are you, uh, what are you doing for the parade? <laughs> I dare you to go down to Market Street. <laughs> With my split cap? I'm actually going to watch it uh, from home, and then I leave. I'm actually working for NBC Sports tomorrow late afternoon. I'll be swimming upstream as I go to the network because I have Giants pre and post tomorrow. Well, how you got to handle that thing in terms of traffic? Well, that's going to be tough. I don't know whether to take a BART train. I don't know whether to drive in. I don't know what to do. I would take BART. Typically, what I would do is take BART. Yeah, you don't even know what a BART station is. You're like, why is there a hole in the ground? What is going on here? What's that noise? Eh, eh. Shut up! I know. 
So I I don't know when I. Because what, what do you got going at NBC tomorrow? Uh, so Giants and Atlanta start a three-game set uh, tomorrow, and I've got Giants pre and post tomorrow. Who are you doing it with? I don't know. I have to text the management to find out who my producer is and who the talent is. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> I will see if I still so, have the skills. You know, I, I think I told you this. They had me come in before I went to WWE. I did a yeah. couple of pre and post games. I found that really challenging, and I've done pre and post before, mm-hmm. but they got so many moving parts. Like yeah. there's so many different things that you got to yeah. you got to take into account, as opposed to where I would do a post game show, and we would just roll B roll, or right. the producer would say, "Let's talk about these four players or right. these four plays." They've got that times five. Yeah. It's yeah. a challenging show. Yeah, they we have really talented producers, um, and we bring in some hosts who are really bought into what we're trying to do. And it is a fun, exciting thing, but you're tired by the end of it. It's, it's well, work. The problem it's is, work. is that you can't get comfortable like this because there's always you're always thinking. You got to be on your feet and thinking about what the next, yep. you know, what it is that you're going to do next. Yep. You can't just delve into and something. What's next? Fun. They're talking in your ear. What's next? What's coming up next? Oh yeah, there's a. It, 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 the Listen, people who I, do it well, they they have a certain talent at it. I, I'm sorry to go down this road. I can just tell you the brief time that I did, I felt it was a little overproduced. Like, we don't, do we need that much? Sorry, I, I think that there are some people in the shop who would agree, and I but think then I'm not as don't. good as you. Oh, uh, no, no, seriously, you know, I can't think of my feet like that. I need to sort of stew in something and let it, you know. Let's talk about it for a little bit before we get on to the next. If you and I'll tell you this for Bay Area sports fans, if you watch a Giants pre and a post. And then you go and you watch a pre and a post for pick your random team. Doesn't matter who you're going to pick. Cleveland Guardians. If you want to pick uh, the Washington Nationals. The one you see for the Giants and the A's, far more produced than the ones you're going to see for some of the other teams. The other teams will have a lot more open talk time. Yeah. Whereas I think we try to analyze more specifically more directly, more than a lot of other places do. Which is why it's a good show. Yeah. Because yeah. it's good for the viewer. Yeah, I, I like to think it is, and I know NBC's pretty happy with the product that they've been putting out for years now, but there are times when I'll watch other pre- and post-game shows, and I'm like, they just seem like they're on a camera shot, and three guys are talking. Yeah. I don't even know if they have a rundown for this. No. Yeah. This is the best way to go, it, which, my estimation. And and people like that. Sometimes I like that realm as well. Like, I'll get, I know some, when I work with, with Dave Stewart, I know he likes to have a little freedom to explain things, and I actually like to teach a lot when I'm not me teaching, but get that information from mm. former major leaguers. So I know when I'm with Smoke, I'm going to cheat the producer and sometimes even tell that person, hey, I'm going to need another minute here because I want to get something out of Dave that most people, they, they don't like to do. So that's how we'll work it. See, I like with Barkley, Kenny Smith, and, and obviously. They you know, just the start they, talking. Just get a topic and go. Yeah. And we don't know where the hell this is going to end up. Let's nope. do it. Yep. But not everyone's talented enough to talk. No, that's true. That's the other thing. You need to have a camaraderie with people in order to get away with it. All right. So we're down to our final 30 minutes. Hold on. Hold on. I I noticed lethargy. I noticed that there was a lull in the car. Oh, no. We're up against it. Man, I just waddled over Maybe when we continue, we spin the wheel one more time. Yes, we will. Because, hold on. I love that. God, that's good. Speaking of over overproduced shows. I know, huh? Our people, where else are you going to get that? I mean, Chris, the producer, must have gotten in here, what, about 845 to prepare for this show. Honk, honk. <laughs> Final half hour of Devon and Co's when we continue. Best father-son duos in NBA history. Does Steph and Del Curry make the list? And if they do, where? Plus... 
something not NBA related, or are we sticking Warriors? This is your. Well, you want to tease? <laughs> no, we need a break. Devon and Cozen, 95-7 the game. Raymond's got it left sideline. Let the celebration begin. With four titles in the last eight years, the run is not done. The Golden State Warriors once again are NBA champions in 2022. Now back to 95-7 the game. Dynasty, it's the only word you can use. Another dynasty for the Bay Area. There is no better place to be a sports fan in North America than right here in the San Francisco Bay Area. You have seen dynasties going back to the 70s with the Athletics, Mm. in the 80s with the 49ers. You've recently seen it with the Giants winning three. Now you get the Warriors winning four. And I'll be honest with you, Dan, I don't know if I could even begin to classify which dynasty was the most impressive versus the others. I always, it's sort of instinctive. I go 49ers, but I think the Warriors make a good argument. You know, that's an interesting point. Has there been a Bay Area team that has won a championship and have it just be a one-off? The Sharks have never won. They got to the Stanley Cup final one time. The but everything has been sort of in the cluster of dynasty. Up until this most recent cluster for the Warriors, it was the Golden State Championship of 75 with Rick Barry. Okay, that was a single number. Yep, that's it. But that now gets kind of moved because you've got this chunk of four versus the chunk of three for the Giants versus the five that the 49ers had. And I think that there is a version of 49er fan who thinks of the five Bill Walsh championships like it was in black and white. They don't realize just how dominant they were because to that version of fan, I would say 40 and younger, that seems like it's ancient history compared to what goes on today in today's game. Yeah. Um, Boy, but what the 49ers organization did. There are 60-year-old-plus men in other parts of North America, not just Bay Area, who are – fans of the Atlanta Falcons and the San Francisco 49ers because the 49ers were the dominant presence in football for such a long stretch of time. Yeah, and I think, again, when I think about Bill Walsh and the way they just – a lot of it is just it's not winning, but it's also changing the sport, right? And it's that Mm -hmm. sort of dynastic run while also reshaping the way the game's being played. And I think the Warriors have done that and certainly the 49ers. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. There are similarities in that. Poll question today. Twitter poll at 957 the game. Which of the four Golden State Warriors championships is most satisfying? We have the four listed, and then you vote. Uh last count it was a runaway for one of them. Maybe that's recency bias. I do think the sweetest bite of the apple is always the first championship you have. What right? was the poll? I'm sorry, I was blanking. Oh, that's okay. What was the winner or what was the leader? Yeah, the leader. We have 13 minutes left on the poll. The leader, um, by a wide margin, was the most recent one. Okay, that makes sense. And so we'll see if that continues. I do think that first one would garner some interest. And then the two dominant performances that they had. I also think that there's a version of Warrior fan. Listen, rest of America hates the Bay Area. They think we're pretentious, self-important um, What's another kind of word associated with us? Um, 
like wiser, smarter than them people. But, and they're kind of right when it comes to sports, right? I mean, you win three baseball championships. A bit of narcissism. There's a, there's a, there's, you, you better put that in the equation. You're right. And you did it in basketball. You did it in football. And so the rest of America hates the Bay Area. But you get to live right in the sweetheart of it. Why do you think that the Warriors are just, I mean, is there any rhyme or reason to the fact that when they win titles, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the 49ers, and now the Golden State Warriors, that they do it in bunches and thus become in that conversation of a dynasty and this dynastic run by that of the Golden State Warriors? Does that speak towards that the way the Warriors do things or Bay Area sports, it's done from the top down? It's a cultural thing? It's not just suddenly we caught lightning in a bottle or we won you know, we happen to put things together and everybody had career years and we won a World Series or won an NBA championship. Is there something to it? That's a good question because if you look at the last 10-month stretch in the Bay Area, you had a baseball team win 107 games in a regular season. You had a football team go to the NFC title game and come within minutes of going to the Super Bowl, and you've just won an NBA championship. If you're the war, if you're the Warriors, you're sitting on top of the mountain right now. If you're the Giants, are you sitting down a mile and a quarter down the block, literally from where the Warriors are playing? Are you thinking, oh, I won 107 games last year, and no one's talking about us? We better push our chips into the table at trade deadline time to take over some of the conversation in the Bay Area. If you're the 49ers, are you sitting back saying? We just got to the NFC title game, and no, and we have a quarterback situation that people should be up in arms about, and no one's talking about the 49ers right now. It's coming, though. It's coming. I think, think football's still king. You think it shifts? World. Yeah. It's, it's, we'll continue to dance in the streets and enjoy what's going to take place on Monday, and then it'll taper off in the coming days and weeks, and then we'll ramp things up. I think that it might leap from the Giants. But 49er talk is always there. There is some coconut right now that is willing to pick up a phone and call us and tell us that Trey Lance should be the starting quarterback and or Jimmy Garoppolo should come back. I guarantee they're out there. I don't know. I don't know. Whereas it's much harder to dust off some banana who's going to say, yeah, the Giants need to trade. You know, I told you Joey Bart sucked. By the way, I did. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. And And – but I thought he was going to be the next buster. No. No, that's not the next so. Next bust did. Oh, wow. It's getting That's the hot take you're getting right here. <laughs> that's right. That's the hot take. Doobie in Chicago, my good friend, he uh texts us at the Xfinity mobile Doobie. text line. Sweet guy too. Super sweet guy. The ni- the 95 Niners championship with Seifert and Young seems like the one off that you were talking about. Uh, well, we lump it into the yeah. grand scale of 5, but that might be debated as a one-off well it was still Walsh's system his players and I I still think it gets under the umbrella of the dynasty and what Bill Walsh created albeit it was Seifert's win but it's still sort of under that heading three A's in a row from the 510 three A's in a row trumps all Warriors 72 73 74 yeah Uh, wait let me see if I can do it Reds no did I screw it up 70 it's not 72 73 74 71 2 3 no. 72 Reds, 73 Mets, 74 Dodgers. 71, they, the Orioles won it in 71. I'm a historian for these sort of things. Exactly. Follow his webpage. He's got uh, devononsports.edu. <laughs> um, you know what else I got? <sighs> the wheel. The wheel of Warriors Madness. 
Give me uh, Dre and Lee Moore. Hey, Dre, welcome in to 95.7 The Game. Golden State Warriors on the table. What do you got for us? Hey, Dre, he just screwed up Lamore, but he's never been to the Central Valley. I'll take him there, all right, Dre? I've been to the Central Valley. I, I've been to a Buchanan High School football game at Daryl LaMonica Stadium. Oh, that's in Clovis. Thank you. Clovis versus Clovis West, right, Dre? Who's been to the Central Valley, Dre? You have. Thank you. You have. You have the ball. Hey, uh. I just got to say, for me, the Niners always rule. It's, no matter how much joy the Warriors brought me, it's, I was I was a freshman in high school in 81 when they, that season that they won it all. And so that long of dominance, it just, but it reminds me of this Warriors team, and I know it's been said in the past, but I've been saying it for like the last three years. Myers is, is the next Eddie D. He is the next Eddie D. That's, that's, or Lakeup, I'm sorry. Lakeup is the next Eddie D. That's a good Lamar one. Is, it is. I mean, the way they treat their players, the way they pay them, everything is first class. It, and this is going to run a little bit longer, I think, guys. You know, we're, we're in the midst of greatness right now. And if it ends today, I'm just glad I saw what I saw. I'm still smiling. I'm taking my daughter to the parade tomorrow. Oh, great. That's my Father's Day present. Um. What I wanted to say, though, this last one was the most satisfying for Niners. Just when I seen Steph break down and cry, I was like, man, I was full of emotion. I got emotional. I knew we were better than Boston. The whole country knows we're better than Boston. And you guys are right about the Bay Area right now. Sports are happening. But damn, them Warriors are good. Yep. There's <laughs> something else, man. There's something else. We appreciate it, Dre. And uh, give me a little of um, this one. From the 925, tell my co-worker to come into work tomorrow and not go to the parade, please. He said his mom is having a colonoscopy. Yeah, right. I wonder what some of the advanced excuses will be tomorrow as to why people are not going to work and are going to be showing up on Market and Main as they begin the parade. I know a buddy who in high school got fired because he came up with some lame excuse, and there he was at the 49er game. And, you know, listen, if you're going to do that, you can't go front and center in front of the camera and go, <laughs> Shirtless, no less. Right. Give me uh, Ben in San Francisco. Hey, Ben, is tell me if the Warriors' four-championship run is a dynasty or not. Not yet. And the reason I say that, and you brought it up, is the Seaford uh, – Super Bowl win with Young was uh, a change in the personnel. So a definition of a dynasty is... Hey, can you turn your blinker off? Rulership. <laughs> you go left or right? Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> sorry. I was parking. I was parking. Good, good move. That's, That's pretty talented, really. Yeah, so, Talking dynasty and paralleling. When, go ahead. When they transition to Poole and Wiggins as the stars and win a championship, then they have achieved dynastic rule. Right now, they are just the emperors of the NBA, but they are—they haven't established a dynasty. Got you. And dynasty. the emperors have clothes. They're awesome. The emperors have to change. So you're saying, much like the Boston Celtics won with Bill Russell, and then they run uh, won with Dave Cowens, and then they won with Larry Bird. 
The Warriors have to do that it. That makes a dynasty. That makes a dynasty. You've got to do it outside of the core three. That means you've built the dynasty. Yes. All right. That's a. But you know they what? are awesome, and they are they are rulers of the universe right now. And I take nothing from the stellar, mind-bogglingly talented group that they are. But you can't call it a dynasty because it doesn't fit the definition. That's interesting. Ben, where, where'd you park the rig? Where are you in the city? Oh, I'm doing an errand for the wife. I got to go get a weird cable from uh, uh, Star Center. I'm sorry. Isn't this Father's Day? You're doing the errands on Father's Day? What's going on uh, in America today, people? Yeah, I have I have this thing about living indoors, not sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> right back at well you. Well done. Well done, my friend. Ben, I hope you have a fabulous Father's Day and a great week. And a, you, I, I think you have a great perspective. You make a great uh, point. You can enjoy what this team is doing, but you need to have different versions of uh, champions wearing the jersey. I don't know about that. The Niners did it. Well, I think we're... Redefining di- dynasty, then, aren't we? I think I think you can argue the Giants had three different types of winning teams when they won their three different championships. Yes, was Madison Bumgarner part of it, but they had other starters in there doing the job. Yes, Buster was a part of it, but aside from Belt, the two Brandons and Posey, and you know Bumgarner, you would. You could argue that they had different pieces all around the diamond. It's not a matter of personnel. It's about time and championships. Mm-hmm. So the four puts you into that arena of what I consider now a dynasty. Okay. It doesn't matter who you do it with. I, I don't think that when you're talking about doing it, say, with a different team or different players and it's five years from now, that's more of an organizational pat on the back. But dynasty falls under a heading of time and chips. And if you do it within a certain time frame, depending on how many championships you have, you either qualify or don't qualify in terms of being a dynasty. All right. Father's Day, we know that. Uh, big day for many. And for the NBA, some great father-son combinations have played the game. Uh, when you were growing up, we're around the same age. When you were growing up, you remember how great Larry Nance was, the former son and Cleveland Cavalier? Yeah. His, uh, his son, Larry Nance Jr., in the NBA today. That would rank as a pretty darn good father-son tandem, don't you think? Yeah, Larry Nance was Larry Nance won like a slam dunk contest. I, I remember Ken Griffey Jr. and uh, well, Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. Yeah, yeah, that did not work though in Cincinnati. No, but but that was partially folly, partially farce, farcical, wasn't it? Well, no. At the time when they traded him from Seattle, it was supposed to be. A missing piece, and his old man was was his old man coaching or playing at the time. I don't remember. Oh, I don't they were on the same team. Did the Boons play together? Bob and Brett, no. Brett Boone and Bob Boone and every other Boone. Oh. Dolph Shays and Danny Shays. Dolph Shays is too much. How about well, this is a, a Bay Area tie? Everyone in the NBA who's an NBA fan now remembers or knows Tim Hardaway Jr. Dad was pretty darn good. Tim Hardaway was one of the original, like rock solid. Little guy guards who could dominate a game. Tim Hardaway run TMC was one of the most exciting times was, watching a basketball team. That was fun. Uh-oh. In the Bay Area. I see who's on the line. That guy. Yeah. In Oakland. That guy. Give me your dynasty take, that guy. 
Coz and Devon, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to grandparents and mothers that are fathers and anyone else. Hey, uh, I had to get in on this because the last caller said you had to do it with a with a different group, and I I, uh, I beg to differ on that one. So here's my my first take on it. So the Raiders, people are forgetting the Raiders did it three times in seven years, I believe, but one of them was in L.A. So does that count? as part of their run, mm. the dynasty run, or their dominance? Because they did it in, what, in 77, 81, and I believe 83, 84, but that was in Los Angeles with Marcus Allen. So, But my point also was that the Steelers, they did it three times, or I'm sorry, four times in nine years, but with essentially the same group back then. They had that same same core on offense and defense, and they, they, they ran it back four times. And that was with the same group. So I'm with Devone on the uh, it's the length of time, not so much the, the group that you do it with, because I think there's more to it if somehow you can keep the same group for how long the Warriors have, how long the Steelers have, you know, w- w- and continue to win. So that's my take on it. And I uh, appreciate it. You guys have a great Father's Day. Be safe. Enjoy the parade, everyone. And don't drink and drive. I'm out. Thank you. I Job, like it. that guy. Great work, that guy. Great work. No idea DeAndre Jordan was the son of Michael Jordan. <laughs> the expanding mobile what text going line going over some of the great father-son duos of all time. <laughs> oh, the 925, Michael Jordan and DeAndre Jordan. Well played. Well what played. What are you doing? Uh, real quick on Michael Jordan v. Steph Curry, because everyone says Steph Curry changed the game. Michael Jordan changed the game in that there are more kids now named Jordan or Michael or Jordan is a middle name. I don't know anyone in the Bay Area named Steph or Stephen or Curry. Curry! That's my Tim uh, Roy. Speaking of Curry, have you ever had a sh- – so Alan Styles will be on right after us. Yeah, on Styles and Kyles. He's that's crushing. coming up next. Now, listen, he's got this big tinfoil wrap, right? Oh, it's huge. The size of your head. And I'm like, burrito, right? And he goes, no, shawarma. What the hell's yeah, a shawarma? Yeah, he said that, and I acted like I knew what he was talking about. It's a shawarma. I have no idea. I was like, yeah, burrito. I said the same thing. I had the same conversation. I acted like I knew what shawarma was. I'm like, shawarma? You mean Schwarber, the hitter for the uh, Phillies? <laughs> Schwarber? Shawarma? What the heck is a shawarma? I think it's lamb. I think it's like shredded lamb. Technically chicken. It's chicken? Yes. You're wrong again, bro. No, trust me. It's chicken You're shawarma. hitting for the cycle it's, today. It's chicken shawarma, and it's fantastic. But you can get a lamb shawarma, right? Yes, you can get gyro beef and lamb. All right. The 95-7 The Game poll question is now shut down. We have our final answer. The question was, which of the four Golden State Warrior championships was the most satisfying? We go to the official poll watcher. Uh, do we go to uh, Brian with a Y? Yes, yes. Thank you, Jim. And in a stunning development, the 2022 championship is leading the way by a large margin, 87%. 2015 coming in second place at 11.6%. And bringing up the rear, we love you, but the people don't. 2017 and 2018, yeah. less than 1%. Yeah, that's. I, I thought those two would garner a little bit more, but a good job by the voters to come in here and help us out at the uh, website or at the uh, Twitter handle. You can always follow me at Coz NBCS at K O Z 
NBCS. Uh, before we get out of here, we did tease at the start of the show, the most famous member of our show is Chris O'Connell, the producer of this. Chris is going to make his network television debut on the national broadcasting company, NBC, coming up in July. Can Chris tell us what he's going to be uh, doing? Yes, Chris is going to tell us really quick. <laughs> You're going to speak for him, Brian? He's going to do it right now. Yeah, Brian with a Y will speak for Chris, the producer, who is the Harpo Marx, as uh, given the moniker by my friend Double D Dan Devone. No, it's cool. I got it, guys. Yeah, I'm going to be on American Ninja Warrior uh, July 11th. Yeah! July 11th, American yes. Ninja Warrior. Now, he does have to, he signed a non disclosure. We don't know so if he, he won. We don't know if he even gets off of that. You know, the slanted. Yeah. Steps on I'm, the very I'm first to bet one. He did. All righty. Oh, show's over. That's going to do it. That's so it good for luck Chris. to Chris. Oh my goodness, that's his cameo. Uh, that's going to do it, Devone. You and me, we're done for another Sunday. Four hours. I'm going to see Top Gun up next. Styles and Kyles, right here on your proud home of the world champion, Golden State Warriors, 95-7. The game. Swarma.